There are a thousand, thousand reasons to live this life, every one of them sufficient. Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. Today's story is a promise we made a few episodes ago, more precisely in the gratitude episode. We said we'd tell how we came across Marilyn Robinson and particularly her book Gilead, which is where the quote comes from, and which is still one of my favorite books. And the story goes like this. We love to go out in London whenever we have childcare. Sometimes it's more often, sometimes it's less. Yeah, I think we're quite lucky. We always thought London was a great place to go out, and we still think that. <laughs> and I guess I prefer going to London than anywhere else around where we live. We are lucky to live in a green area, but I think I still remain a hard uh, city girl. Anyway, whenever we meet in London, we go to see an exhibition. And to do that, we generally meet at Waterloo Station, which is close to the South Bank. And we have our own meeting point. Now... Waterloo has a main meeting point, which is probably world famous, and it's underneath the big grand clock. But we do not meet there. No, we meet at Foyle's bookshop. And this particular store is quite tightly packed with books, but I guess space is at a premium at Waterloo. Yeah, it's just in the station. And you generally arrive first as you leave work earlier. And then I arrive half an hour later, maybe, as I'm generally traveling from home, having settled the children. And we always end up spending quite some not planned time in that bookshop. I must admit, I always find it slightly overwhelming. All this beauty, you know, books nowadays can be so beautiful in their covers. And then all that print smell, which I'm so sensitive to and I really love. All of this causes a little bit of anxiety in me because I'm aware I will never have time to read them all. And at the moment, particularly, I have so little time to read. On one such occasion, as I arrived in Foils, I remember it vividly, you had this book in your hand. You had found it in the recommended by staff section. Yeah, I like that section. The recommended by staff section is definitely recommended. <laughs> and you immediately asked me if I wanted it. And I remember I hesitated. It sounded interesting, but I desperately need a review first, just to make sure that I will read it when I go home. So I said no, and then we left and we did whatever we had to do. And a few days later, I found it at home. You had actually bought it for me. And it's as if you knew that I would like it. Anyway, I loved that book. I mean, I'm really desperately trying not to give anything away here. But it's such an unlikely book for me to read, completely not a subject that I would have chosen. But for me, more than the tragedy that does unfold and then its resolution, it's just the way it's written. It's as if you would find yourself inside the main character's head. And with him, you go about your day and you find yourself reflecting upon every single encounter and every single moment of your day. And for me, it just encompasses how we should at least aim to live our lives, to try and be present and reflective, to strive to pay attention. And in that way, maybe, just maybe, beauty and meaning do not escape us. I guess what I'm trying to say 
is that this book creates magic in the way it is written. The subject for today's discussion is what makes a good story. How does a story become an exquisite piece of writing? We decided to focus on this because this week it's National Storytelling Week and we wanted to mark it somehow. And we decided that today we will choose to focus on one thing, on one question, and that is writing style, the use of words in literature. Because, just to add another point, the reason why I didn't want to buy that book in the first place is that I had just, or well, a few months earlier, bought another book, especially for you. It was a subject that you liked. I was so excited. I really thought that it was just up your street, that you're going to love it. And I believe you still haven't finished it. No, actually just finished it last week, but it took a while. <laughs> well, yeah, it took about a year. And I know that for a while you just couldn't cross the boundary of this heavy, complicated vocabulary. I'm pretty sure you moaned more than once that it didn't cause you much pleasure to read it. So the question is, is there ever a need to use complex language? Is it not really, actually, the real talent of an author to explore any thought, however complicated, any idea, in a very simple, accessible, easily digestible way? Is that not a real skill, to create magic in a simple way? So for me, this first angle to that is practicality. When I was reading that book and getting annoyed, my original thought was that it is a mistake. It's wrong to use complicated language if you can use a simpler one. But now I think more it depends on the person. Like with any art, and maybe we do art as a subject in the future, it's about transmitting ideas and feelings from one person to another and and you can transmit beautiful ideas with a simple language to people that like simple language and react to logic or uh, like to understand things in that that straightforward way mm -hmm. but like in any other art there are some people who might enjoy being close to that beautiful language experiencing it and for them uh, it's just it's another dimension in that in that reception of what someone else felt or wanted to tell them. So I think it depends on the person. I mean, there are clearly badly written books and there are, mm -hmm. from the language perspective, and there are snobbishly, unnecessarily snobbishly written books, which, uh, which are not good. But I think there's quite a scale there and that depends on a personality and personal preference, I think. And also... Obviously, this is a little bit of an artificial exercise, isn't it? Because a book is more than just style of writing. It's context, it's building of character, and it's turns of phrases, I guess. But we thought it would be a fun subject to explore. We'll have the recommendation in a second. But before we do that, I wanted to just uh, send you to our Instagram account because, because it's National Storytelling Week and we both have a love for storytelling and me even more so. Um, we thought we'd do something special. So we have a little challenge on Instagram. Head over there on my Instagram account at stories. That's S-T-O-R-I-S-S-E. And tell us a story of a day, tag us under my beautiful stories hashtag, 
and we will choose up to five stories depending on their length to be featured on here in the last bonus episode of this series. And one other thing that I was going to mention is that this is the last episode, full episode of the series, followed by the bonus with the five stories. And that's it for the first series of My Beautiful Stories podcast. And we have a gentle ask from you whilst we are preparing season two. Now that there have been quite a number of episodes of My Beautiful Stories, if you have liked them, if you decided to subscribe, it would help us massively if you could leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. It makes all the difference and it helps the podcast to be seen by more people. Also, if you want to share it on your social media, that's also very helpful. And thank you for staying with us on this journey. Thank you. It's probably my turn to do the recommendation now with a reputation of a guy that can't read a difficult sentence. No pressure. Um, it's a, But the recommendation for me is If Nobody Speaks of Remarkable Things by John McGregor because it's a, it's a book that doesn't use a complicated language uh, and it's just full of magic. Even though it just describes one day on a typical British street and thoughts and events of the people that live there is just just finds that to quote our your stories phrase magic in the mundane yeah we both really enjoyed it yes i loved it as well it's one of those books that i read a few years back actually and it stayed with me quite clearly another um, reflection that i had is i never really was a big fan of bob dylan until recently, maybe a couple of years ago, when I listened to a reinterpretation of his most famous songs by another singer, Barb Junger. And she just really sings the same songs, but in a different way, magically. And she really brings out the beauty and simplicity of his language. And since I listened to her, I really understood the poetry and the reason why he got the Nobel Prize for Literature. Yeah, although it's a brave statement when you said you didn't like Bob Dylan. <laughs> Might raise a few eyebrows. Love him now. That's it from us. Keep an eye out for or an ear out for the bonus with your stories next week. Yeah, thank you. Bye. This is it from us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review or subscribe. Get involved in the conversation each week on my Instagram account at stories. I think it's just it would just was the um, sound of the harmonica on every single tune that I, I took offense with. You didn't like his solos.